So Speak sad. up, Liz. What? Hmm? Well, Liz was trying to say something while I was babbling. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I was just, I, it was just noise. Just noise. Pretty much this podcast. See, there you go. Another good rebranding name. It's like the, the It's Just kids. Noise podcast. That's right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I make noise. Just, whoa, whoa, just put whoa, this whoa. on if you want white whoa, noise whoa, whoa. to fall asleep to. Actually, that's not a bad idea, actually. Well, remember Dr. <laughs> Dr. Lemke said, you all have very soothing voices. Yeah, we yes, could actually. Right. Uh, Look at you referring back to shows you weren't even on. I was on that one. What are you Were talking you? about? Oh, really? God. Wow. I read wow. the book. Oh, good for you. There's another author coming up. So. Oh, no. <laughs> really? Oh, God. It's only, it's only, what is it? Better be a children's book. Eight chapters? <clears throat> books, books available on Audible. It's also available on Kindle. It's not very can we, long. It's like is, there, is there a get, comic we, adaptation? No. Can we get media copies so that we don't have to pay for it? Yeah, should we no be kidding. granted? We should be. No, seriously. Did you already buy it? We, Talk to Steve. He's got the budget. He no, doesn't have the, the budget. No, the guest is supposed to send it to us. Yeah, right. Can you, well, did you buy it? Or are you going to buy it? Which one of us buy it? I and did then buy we it. Pass it around. Well, then you just pass it around. <laughs> How do you pass around? I don't know. What'd you book? buy? The audio book? Yes. Well, I don't know. There must be a, probably a way. Do you get it on Audible? Yes. Um, you can share your, your password? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you'll see my porn collection. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's, right. that's bonus. <laughs> that's gravy. <laughs> We're 50 shades of gravy. <laughs> that hey. is so deliciously filthy. That would be so good. There's a title for a show. That is. Fifty Shades of Gravy. You just, you're brilliant. You are coming up with the ideas today. Can I just say that we are like a bunch of fat because all we do is talk about food. I know. I'm not it always fat. Comes, I don't know about you. Yes. It always well, comes back yeah, okay. slimming. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm not I, fat. Well, I never said you were fat, but... You implied that, you prick. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I have got the paunch going. I know. Uh, I wait, know what wait, the, wait, wait, the paunch. We've got it on tape. Remember Rob with the, why does Superman have a big belly? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> see? Liz is all about the callbacks. We can't see it. This is what I'm realizing is that yes. I've been I've been leaning on the fact that Ryan has a crappy memory for uh, a long time <laughs> in the podcast so I can get away with stuff. Yep. But yeah, we can't get any path, Liz, because she'll actually remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Liz, you're fired. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting that. I, I mean, it took you that long? That's right. Get, get ready for your severance package. Let's see. Let me do the math on that. Let's see. Matt. Zero, let's see. Perc zero times. 30% of zero is that's zero. Yeah. Wow. I'm send you a pack of gravy. Recording in progress. Welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, that was really creepy. Uh, <laughs> hey, wait. What's my, uh, this, uh, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today... Mr. Swipe Right himself, Mr. Ryan Flurry. What if I'm dyslexic? That's a good. That's a. <laughs> it's a very yeah, interesting that's a good question. That is, that is <laughs> I really don't interesting. I don't think. I don't think anyone's really thought of that. That's uh, interesting. Uh, hey, uh, also joining me to do this little podcast, uh, Mr. Steve Barkley. That's me. And uh, bringing up. No, wait, geez, I gotta stop using the bringing up the weird. <laughs> I'm just anchoring, anchoring, uh, batting. What is, what's the, what, what's the term for when you, you bat last? Oh God, Mr. Sports there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's baseball, right? Certainly, certainly to become our designated hitter. Oh Lord. There you go. Our designated hitter. Our water boy. Or wait. Right. <laughs> or water person. Sorry, yeah, water person, right. Ryan. Sorry, I apologized. Uh, Liz Malone. What Hello. up, party people? 
Uh, <laughs> okay, well, off to a stellar start already. You never let me use sports analogies. I'm just saying. They always go terribly wrong. I don't know. I just feel like everybody usually goes to them and it's like I don't have the ability to to do that. So anyways. You know we're you know we're in the playoffs now for the NHL Stanley Cup. That's right. Who uh, are they're the Hurricanes, they're still in it. They're I think they're playing the Rangers. They're going to they're, get they're the Rangers. They're playing next. the Rangers next, yeah. Yep, and then we got the Panthers and Lightning. Leafs yeah. are out. Mm, that was sorry, Canada. Well, we still got uh, the batter, Battle of Alberta going on. We've got the uh, Flames and uh, the Oilers uh, fighting it out in the next round. Mm hmm. Ooh, fire and oil. Yeah. How explosive. The only plus about this is that it means that there will be a Canadian team in the next round, no matter what. There you go. All right. Well, listen, I only hope that Vancouver makes it into the playoffs because I need a new TV and uh, I'm hoping for a riot. So, well, you'll have to wait till next season. You're, you're, they're gone. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and that's good sports talk by Bob. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's it. That's all I have to contribute to it. Okay. Anyways, There's always next year. Uh, that's right. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much, you could put that on the Canucks jerseys at this point, I think, right? Yes. Um, Although, can I blame them? If I was if I was a professional hockey player, I would, I would not be able to wait until we get knocked out. Like, it would just be, I can hardly wait to go and just have an off-season. See, this is why I'm, I was never into sports. I'm yeah, not it's probably why you're not a hockey player. Pro probably. <laughs> okay, anyways, we've completely digressed and gone off into the weeds. Uh, hey, Ryan. Yes, Rob. What the heck are we doing today? Well, joining us today is Christy Faye Collins, who is a web developer from Victoria, British Columbia, and also the founder of Nomi, which is an app for the disabled and neurodivergent community to make connections with each other. Welcome, Christy. Hello. It's so nice to be here with you guys. Thanks for joining oh, us. Yeah, we have to apologize for that sports talk. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. It was so hard not to laugh out loud in the middle of that. I don't oh, know. Do. I wasn't introduced yet, please so do. <laughs> didn't want to intrude. But and spoilers. <laughs> All right, laugh hard now. No. <laughs> I, I feel like there will be a lot of laughter throughout this podcast, so I'll get a chance. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get things started properly. Um, give us a little bit of a snapshot, maybe a little bit about you and a little bit about Nomi. Yeah, so you mentioned that I'm a web developer. Um, I'm not doing much of the de development of this app. I have a tech team, so they're handling that. But um, yeah, I am originally from Vancouver, lived in Montreal for a few years. Now I'm back on the West Coast, and it's so nice to be back. Just moved here again in September. So I'm living in Victoria now with my partner. And we go on hikes every week, and that's so lovely. So yeah, I'm, that's kind of a little bit about me. Um, I've been working on Nomi for a couple months full time now. It's a dating and friendship app for disabled and neurodivergent folks. We want it to look pretty similar to modern dating apps, just 10 times more accessible and curated specifically for the needs of our disabled and neurodivergent communities. So what sort of things would you change in your app versus you know, say a regular dating app. And keep in mind, you're explaining this to a 54-year-old guy who's been married for 28 years. So I've never dated online. <laughs> oh, Steve. Got it, got oh, it. You, you have not lived. <laughs> you have not lived, It is Steve. an experience. <laughs> Many people will tell you it's an experience that is fine to not have. Um, so yeah, basically we would want to change uh, the kind of swiping mechanism. Tinder introduced introduce their swiping mechanism, I think in 2008, I should probably know the specific date, but it was over a decade ago at least that uh, they introduced that and it really changed the dating game, but it made it more of a game. <laughs> it really gamified the process. So you get on Tinder, you start swiping, and eventually you're not even seeing a person on the other end of the screen. 
especially since there's they don't tend to have a very long bio so it's just a photo of dude holding a fish and then you have a couple sentences about him and you need to make some sort of decision on whether or not you want to pursue talking to that person or meet up with them so we would want to go back to having a, a bigger snapshot of a person no more swiping but still keeping some simpler elements of the swiping interface um, so we want to still be able to scroll pretty relatively quickly through profiles but we do want you to have a chance to actually um, expand your bio have more prompts bring in some of those elements of hinge and bumble where you can have prompts that you can answer and maybe some audio clips and video. So just having a more well-rounded snapshot of a person and stepping back a little bit from the gaming process of swiping right and swiping left on human beings. So what sort of prompted this idea to sort of come about? Good question. <laughs> um, so I'll give you the longer answer since it's a long form podcast. Love it. <laughs> So yeah, I've always had quite a sense of like a strong sense of justice for both the queer community and the disability community, specifically with neurodivergence. So all throughout my life, I have just not understood how people could discriminate against others and it just didn't make any sense to me. And especially with the queer community, I was thinking, oh, I'm a really good ally and like I'd go to Pride every year and I would just like see all the beautiful people expressing themselves until I realized in my early 20s that I'm also queer. So um, that was one thing. And then with the disability justice portion of it, I have been going through a discovery of my own over the past couple of years that I'm autistic. So that also makes sense. <laughs> I connected deeply with autism. I was looking up symptoms at like 12 and I was like, oh man, that would be so cool if I was autistic. It would really explain a lot about me, but I'm not. So whatever. And then I went through my life and I'm like, oh no, hold on. I am. So that's been a very positive uh, discovery for me. And right around the time that I was making this discovery and starting this process, I was watching Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. And in around episode two, the counselor was talking to, there's a counselor, I'll give a bit of a summary on Love on the Spectrum for those who don't know. So it's a kind of docu-series on Netflix that follows the love lives of a few people who are on the autism spectrum. And they follow them on dates, they kind of like they hire a counselor to help them navigate the dating scene and the weird social rules that we have around dating and and around episode two the counselor was she turned to the camera and she was talking about how you know like how does somebody disclose that they're autistic do they get on the dating apps? Because a lot of autistic folks use dating apps. Um, it's not made to be very accessible, but it's an option that we have when we don't want to be overstimulated in social settings, or maybe we just have a very small group of friends so we don't actually have the opportunity to meet a lot of people in like face-to-face -face social settings. So it is a very convenient uh, platform for anybody, disabled folks, neurodivergent folks, and anybody for with any ability. But um, yeah, she was saying, do you disclose it in your dating bio? Or do you tell them when you're chatting with them through the app? Or do you even get on the date with them and then drop it casually into conversation? So I started thinking about it and I was like, hold on, like, is there really nothing? There's no dating app specifically for neurodivergent folks. And sure enough, there is one. It was created in 2018. It's called Hiki, H-I-K-I. And it's quite popular. It's New York based and it's a wonderful resource for autistic folks. So anyone who feels drawn to that, absolutely go for it. That's amazing. Um, so I figured, if I could expand to neurodivergent 
and disabled folks, because there's a lot of overlap, the intersection between disability and neurodivergence is huge. So I would love to accommodate for disability and neurodivergence and see how many things overlap between disability and neurodivergence in terms of features in a dating app and what people are looking for and the personal aspect, the connection that people are looking for. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's how I kind of came up with the idea. Because, yeah, there's the only app that I saw was Hiki, and then there are a few others, but I took a quick look at their interface, and I've gone more into detail in them now. And it's just not, it doesn't feel accessible to me. It doesn't feel like it's been updated in years and years, the websites for disabled people specifically. And I was looking on a forum just the other day that was talking about different apps, different resources uh, for connection for disabled folks. And apparently dating for disabled is not even screen reader friendly. So that doesn't oh. make any sense. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So yeah, that is the long story about how this came about. Well, that's so interesting too, that, that you talk about um, disclosing, because I know that I've talked with, with people in the disability community, um, from time to time, uh, specifically about conventional dating apps and what it's like to kind of date date on those. And that that's actually a really big issue that, you know, that that idea of when do you disclose, you know, yeah. you're, you know, say, say you're, you're blind or partially sighted, and you have a, a dating profile, you have a picture and all of that. And it's not, you know, immediately obvious that you do have a visual impairment you know, when you disclose is, is really kind of a personal choice that can be really hard to navigate. And so I, I really see that that's one of the really big advantages of this is that you can really, you don't have to worry about that. You can just be straight up front and you know that everybody who's participating on this platform is, you know, is going to be fine with that, or, you know, it's not going to be something that you have to necessarily worry about. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a huge benefit of having a platform specifically for the people of your community, because there's already that understanding. And even if some people don't feel necessarily safe disclosing that right away, because that's a huge issue as well, you don't want to put all of your information out there and potentially become a target. But yeah, it's amazing to have something that if you do end up having a conversation about it, it's not going to be a big deal because somebody is expecting you to have a disability or a neurodivergence. But it's also, you know, it kind of acts as this sort of this, I don't want to use the term safe space, but it, it kind of like kind of yeah. a, a bit of a safe space where people can just can disclose at, at their comfort. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I really do hope that people can feel safe and we'll do our best on our end to keep it as safe as possible and implement any uh, safety features that we can and stay on top of any reports that come up so that we can keep it kind of a sanctuary for folks who just want to connect with other people in their communities. So will the friend component of the app sort of mimic the way Bumble does it, where there's like a dating side and then there's a friend aspect to it? That's what we're aiming for right now. I think it's nice having a clear delineation between friendship and dating. The way that uh, the app that I referred to earlier, Hiki has, is um, they have a tag system. So on your profile, you just have one profile and you can say, I'm looking for love, I'm looking for friendship, and it just comes up as a cute little icon. Um, so that's another option, but I do appreciate the way that Bumble has it set up so you can have a completely different profile for friendship. So if you want to show one part of your personality as a friend, like this is my friend persona and this is what I'm going for in friendship, and then maybe the romantic profile or whatever people are looking for, the dating profile can be more serious and like obviously still trying to keep it light and fun and show your playful side, but it might be more like, hey, I'm looking for children in the future and I'm looking for this specific kind of relationship and I'm looking for these genders. Um, and then with friendship, it could possibly just be like a different part of your personality. 
So that's why I do appreciate the way that Bumble does it. So that is what we're going for right now. Yeah. And the thing I do like about Bumble's model, at least, is that even people who are married who just want to meet, make new friends in their community. And I know that's also a big thing in the disabled community is that sometimes we like I don't know a lot of people in the blind and low vision community where I live and they're there. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes sometimes something like this, regardless of your relationship status or what you're looking for romantically, or even if you're not looking for anything romantically, it, it seems like it could be a really great way to connect with people. Yeah, I, I hope that people do use it to find community. I um, hold on, I'm just going to bring up some stats. Um, I conducted a survey a little while ago. I do have a new survey up, but one of the questions that we asked was, what kind of relationship would you be looking for if you were to use Nomi? And 134 out of 150 respondents said friendship among the other models. They could select as many as they wanted, but that's 89% of people who are craving friendship. And it makes sense coming out of this pandemic too, but they're really like, there's Reddit, you can connect with people through Reddit, but it's less personal on Reddit, I feel. And if you're on a mainstream dating app, then you're not really among your community. You can find your community there, but it's a little bit harder, especially with the disclosing your disability. So if you're specifically looking for a blind or low vision community, then you're not necessarily going to find it as easily being on a mainstream app. So I really do hope that people take advantage of the friendship uh, part of the app and find people that they can connect with and talk about, like relate to. Yeah. So am I the only one that has used any of these dating apps? Uh, no. <laughs> Just you, Rob. <laughs> And in fact, you know what? Here's here's my thing. I have a pitch. Uh, as is when once you're done this, could you please create a dating site for cat people? Because I'm tired <laughs> of running up against dog people. No offense to almost all of the dog people uh, that are in this room right now, but you're all a bunch of weirdos. Oh please! I, I'm with Rob. I've got three cats. Add yeah. it to, add it to cats your profile. All the way. People yeah, will you, see it in your profile. You you can call it meow mix. <laughs> I'm sure that I would not this. be a copyright infringement. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Meow mates. Everybody Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Perfect match. Perfect match. Oh, God. We're already making the marketing materials for this. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll talk. We'll talk after the podcast, Christy. We're gonna. We'll make this happen. Perfect. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> what kind of a challenge? is it when you when you sat down to develop this you know just at, even just as a web developer um in terms of the back end stuff like the the uh, the matchmaking algorithm all of that stuff cuz i'm assuming that a lot of these other dating sites they're probably not very transparent in, in terms of how they structure sort of their the back end and how sort of the technology works in order to do that did you kind of have to look at this and go, well, we're, we're just starting from scratch. We just have to kind of figure out how to make this work. Yeah, pretty much. Um, right now we don't have funding, so everyone is volunteering their time. <laughs> so I'm scrambling to uh, get some funding right now, but uh, the developers are bootstrapping it, which basically means that they're putting together a bunch of free uh, there are services that provide some parts of their service for free. And since we don't have any user base right now, they're just bootstrapping all of that together, putting together all of the free services, all of the um, the database and uh, the messaging and any part of the app that everyone else would have their own custom algorithm for. We can basically take little bits of that from different services. So yeah, that's basically how we're handling the back end right now. Um, eventually, as we scale up, that will become more complicated. And as we have more funding, we'll be able to invest in creating our own algorithm. We're trying to find a way to make a simple matching algorithm based on interests, 
because that's a huge thing, especially in the autistic community. Bonding over interests is so important. So yeah, we want to have some sort of way that people can see, oh, you also like these things without us having to develop a whole matching algorithm on our own in the first year. <laughs> now, is sort of the, the, the plan going forward to keep it completely free? Or are you sort of thinking that down the road, you know, you would build in some sort of a, a subscription um, model, kind of like, kind of like the, you know, all the, all these current platforms, right? They have, they certainly have a free tier that, you know, you have certain abilities unlocked, but then you, there's a, there's a pay tier that, that, uh, is, is that something that you guys are looking at as well, or just completely free? Yeah. So obviously we understand that within, uh, the dis disabled community, especially in BC, I think the maximum that you can get on disability is $1,300 a month. So we really want to make it accessible to as many people as possible. Um, but we also don't want to restrict the use of the app because like you said, that's how a lot of dating apps work these days. It's called a freemium model. You have the free tier, and that allows you to match with people. Uh, it sometimes allows you to message people. I don't know exactly how uh, like every single dating app handles that, but generally if you match with someone, you can communicate with them and that's the basic level. And then if you want anything more than that, if you want priority in their algorithm, or if you want to see how many people liked you without you liking them first, or if you want to change your location as you travel, um, that's all premium. So those, the premium subscription tends to cost around $29. That's the average per month right. if you're just paying per month. Um, so that's not affordable. <laughs> and right. so basically anyone who's on a budget is restricted to what the free tier offers them, which restricts the amount of connection that you could possibly have with people. So what we're looking at right now is a paid subscription uh, per month, but we want it to be pay what you can. So the maximum you could possibly pay is $29, which is the average per month, like I said, for the other apps. But at the very minimum, it will be very, very affordable, just a few dollars per month or maybe like a 10 to $12 uh, subscription for a year. And the benefits of that is that you would have access to all of the features that Nomi has to offer. And especially in the safety aspect, it discourages unsafe individuals from easily accessing the app. So if there's just a bit more friction for people, they would be less inclined to get on the app if they're abusers or if they're right. trying to target people. And uh, that also ensures that we can hire accessibility experts and pay fair wages to our team of disabled and neurodivergent employees. Because neuro neurodiversity and disability, I mean, there's so many gradients of it. And, you know, it's so it's so huge. Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of a, a challenge when you guys are looking for, you know, to build something that's going to work for for as many as many of those groups as as possible? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big reason why we're conducting now our second survey, because I want to dig deeper into specifically what everyone's needs are and try to meet as many of those needs as possible. Um, yeah, because some people I, I get so much conflicting feedback. Some people actually do really like the swiping mechanism and then other people would never use an app that requires them to swipe right or swipe left on someone. So we have to choose one. It's one of those decisions that's always going to make somebody mad or somebody will always feel not necessarily mad, but somebody will feel left out by whatever decision we make. So we're trying to make decisions that cater to the grand majority of people, but trying to accommodate as many things, as many features as what makes sense to the vast majority of people. Right. Well, and you have to start somewhere, right? The app will evolve yeah. over time as well. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a very like 
big picture all or nothing do it perfectly or don't do it at all kind of person yeah but with that so. with that you may not ever start exactly right? yes yeah. <laughs> yeah it's something that i've I personally this has been a great mm. challenge for me because i have to take it step by step and I can't just do all or nothing with this because it's so important to me sure. that I want it to succeed. And in order for it to succeed, we have to start at square one. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and the unfortunate part, and we've talked about this all the time on our podcast, is not everybody in the community is going to agree. You know, whether you're talking yes. to me as a blind person or Liz as, as a partially sighted person, you know, our, our belief systems, our needs, our wants, our accessibility is going to be very different. So yeah. you won't win. Yeah. <laughs> All you can do is start and try, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, and I actually do feel like that's part of why this doesn't exist yet. I think that it's such a challenge like a lot of people don't even want to address it they don't even want to go there they want it they want it to exist mm. it makes sense that it would exist but you do have to acknowledge the fact that each person has their own accessibility requirements their own emotional needs and um even though we use the term disability community neurodivergent community there are so many sub communities within that and even within the sub-communities, people don't agree on everything. <laughs> exactly. And all you can do is follow the accessibility standards, right, and guidelines. Yes. And that's all you can do. Well, and the other thing that, that you're doing right is, is you're consulting with the community that mm -hmm. you're trying to serve. And, you know, it seems really intuitive to us, but you'd be surprised at how many how many app developers or manufacturers of different assistive technology or different apps that we talk to that miss that process, that they don't actually consult the community and actually ask the questions of what, what, do, what are your needs? What are your interests? Yeah. Um, and they just go ahead and, and they, go, they go develop something that nobody actually really wants. Well, it's interesting because I saw a statistic, I think on Twitter today, that I think 30% of the apps in the App Store on both iOS or Google Play Store are abandoned. They're no longer being developed. They're just hmm. sitting there. They're dead apps, right? Wow. So wow. if people had actually involved the community in their app development, whatever the app was related to, whether it's gaming, media, whatever, those apps may have had a better chance of success. Right. Absolutely. 30%. That's wild. That's nearly a third. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's, there's that saying for a reason, nothing about us without us. Yep. Cause you're never going to actually succeed with anything that is catering to a community without talking to the community because you're not actually going to know what the community needs. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that though, so what kind of response, have you gotten from the community when you when you sort of reach out and, and talk to different people? Yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive. There are some concerns, obviously, like I mentioned safety. But if we can address that as elegantly as possible, and as seriously as possible, I think that everyone will have an opportunity to meet their community. So yeah, actually, I've I've talked to a few people, I posted a few things on Reddit, just asking for feedback on the website when I first got the website up and running. And I got a couple direct messages from people saying, Hey, if you need a hand, I would love to help you. This is actually something that I've been wanting to do personally. I've been wanting to develop this specific app, mm. <laughs> a connection app for disabled and neurodivergent folks. So I'm so glad someone's doing it because a lot of people like, you know, you have your full-time job, your time's taken up with a lot of things. It's just a dream that you could create something like this. And so many people are just so relieved that I'm doing it now and that we're doing it. So. Yeah, everyone has been very, very enthusiastically excited about it, which is so amazing. It, like it's so, especially through the pandemic, it feels so isolating, just working from home and being alone all the time. And I don't know how people feel until I put myself out there. And when I finally put it out there and received all of that positive feedback, I 
like a few times I started my work day and then just started crying because I had received so many wonderful messages and emails from people and I couldn't start my work day for another hour or two after I had calmed down. <laughs> so it's been beautiful. Yeah. That's how Ryan feels when he opens up the AT banter uh, cowbell email <laughs> account. He gets all warm and fuzzy. I do. Absolutely. He does. Really? I thought you just weeped openly because just no one's emailing us. They are emailing <laughs> us. <laughs> you <laughs> tell me to look at the inbox. You never oh, okay. do. That's fine. Yeah, I'll that inbox is a lonely, guests. lonely place. It's, it's not. Have you looked at it? No. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever give me access to it? No. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll do Sorry, that. Christy. We go off the rails very easily. Sorry. I love it. Yeah. Um, Throw each other the, under the bus once in a while. Once in a while. Sorry, each episode. <laughs> yeah, really. so my oh, yeah. my my bad i'm sorry i took us off the rails but christy i want to ask you a serious question mm -hmm. um can can you would you be comfortable just sharing a little bit about what the dating challenges might be for the neurodivergent community because i think that sometimes for some certain types of disabilities it might not i'm not speaking for everyone but there are certain things that might see that are obvious because of the visible disability aspect to it but for invisible disabilities the challenges are very unique they are yeah i mean again like you said everyone's experience is very unique so there's actually so much so many things that people have said um, reasons why mainstream dating apps don't work for them um, but I guess one specific example would be, I was at a party a couple weeks ago. Yay. We can finally start socializing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, the Nomi came up and, um, they asked me why, what my personal, uh, involvement is, why I came up with the idea. So I told them I'm autistic and one of them was like, oh my God, but like, you can look me in the eye and I'm like, yeah, well. I'm just one autistic person and they're like, well, yeah, like I was on a date with uh, this person a couple of years ago and he couldn't look me in the eye and I asked him, why can't you look me in the eye? And the person told him that he was autistic and like, first of all, don't ask anybody why they do what they do um, <laughs> unless you're very close to them. But um, yeah, it was just one thing where I was like, oh, that like that's why i'm doing this that is a really big reason why i'm doing this because a lot of people who are autistic they have uh they stim so i like to like flick my hand back and forth and that helps to release some energy when i'm anxious and i can look people in the eye but i'm on the opposite end where i make very intense eye contact with people and have to remember that I need to look away sometimes because that can be overwhelming for people. So there's just like little ways that um, neurodivergent people socialize and that might just look a little bit different while they're socializing with other people. So um, yeah, that's that's one thing where like a resource where people already kind of understand why you do what you do. They already maybe have a bit of an understanding of your neurodivergence. It might just make it a more comfortable experience for everyone. Because if you can't look somebody in the eye or don't want to look someone in the eye right away, that can be okay. You can just focus on your meal. You can focus on like the space around someone's head or look at their mouth or their ear, like whatever things that people do um, to avoid eye contact, that's, that would just be okay. And it wouldn't have to be a thing. It wouldn't have to be an issue. Really what it, what it's, what it's doing is it just, it's giving people a even playing field in terms of, of dating. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of, you know, like people's accessibility requirements, it would maybe be a little bit strange for, a non-disabled person or a neurotypical person, if on your mainstream dating app profile, you said, oh, I have a service dog with me, or like, oh, I can't access some restaurants or have these accessibility requirements, like that would be a little bit like, oh, that person might be a bit too much work, quote unquote, absolutely right. not too much work. Everyone has accessibility requirements, right. but like, it might just be a little bit of a like, oh, that person has accessibility requirements. 
So with this app, it would just be normal. It would be a regular question that is asked on everyone's profile and they can answer it if they like that. Yes, I have a service dog with me. And that would be like, cool. We'll yeah. like make sure that it's accessible for a dog or we'll make right. sure that it's wheelchair accessible wherever we're going. And it's less of a hurdle to get over and less like anxious for right. the person who is writing the profile to add that in their profile if that's normalized. So yeah, like you said, it's just more of an even playing field for everybody. Well, and that, you know, it's so interesting that you, you mentioned anxiety because you're absolutely right. The more anxiety that you can remove from online dating, the online dating experience, yeah, is just a plus because it's yeah. anxiety ridden already just by the fact that it's online dating. It is. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a weird thing. Like it feels a little bit superficial. It's definitely becoming more normalized and there's less stigma around it than there yeah. was even a few years ago, but it's still like, there's that hurdle that you need to get over that anxiety that you need to work through in order to even make a profile, let alone add all this information about you. Well, and that you, and you bring up an interesting point too, um, that this, this platform is even more needed because for a lot of people, um, the, the quote conventional way of say going out and meeting people isn't necessarily a great option. Um, like, you know, going out yeah. to, to bars, going out to pubs for some people, um, you know, th those, those types of, of situations are just overwhelming. And so, you know, when, when you ha when you can't do a lot of those things, um, meeting somebody online is, is really kind of a, one of the best ways to do it. It is. Yeah. It just makes sense. Like you can have a full relationship with somebody, my, somebody on my team said that one of their friends who's disabled at the very beginning of the pandemic met somebody online and both of them are keeping their identities undisclosed. They're just chatting through, I think, mostly email, text. I don't even know if they exchange photos, but they talk every single day and they're in a relationship, like they're together, they're each other's people, mm. and they just choose to keep their identities more private. So that works great for them. And that's such a wonderful story. And it's a bit of an extreme example of online dating, but I think it is an example of like, you can find whatever you need yeah. through the internet. <laughs> you know, and the more that we're talking about this, the more that I'm stunned that this, there's nothing that there's so little out there uh, I know, because right? there seems to be a huge need and a huge benefit uh, to, to build a platform like this. There is just under a quarter of Canada's population identifies as disabled and over a quarter of the state's population because the state's healthcare system is super messed up, identifies as disabled. So it's, there's so many people yep. and it doesn't make sense that there wouldn't be a mainstream go-to dating app for people with disabilities. Have you well, received any pushback for potentially sending the message that disabled people can only date other disabled people? Has that ever come up in any of the, any of the critiques of, of, of what you're doing? A little bit. Yeah, I feel like it's going to come up more and more, but already um, I sent you, Ryan, the CBC article. Yep, saw some of the comments. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So one of the comments there said, this feels really gross as the uh, target demographic for this. It doesn't make sense that I should only socialize with other neurodivergent or disabled people. And I do absolutely see where they're coming from. But first of all, they don't have to use it if they don't feel like it, it's not for them. Um, but second of all, like, I think that it's wonderful to have direct access to your community. And if you don't want to socialize with other, like if you're autistic and you don't want to socialize with other autistic people, that's okay. But so many people do, and so many people find value in connecting directly with their community. So I don't feel like as that progresses and as that might amp up, 
I don't feel like I will be personally affected by that because I do believe that so many people will benefit from having direct access to their own community. As Ryan said, we can't disagree, we can't agree on anything. So, <laughs> well, that's just it. And everybody has their own story, right? So, you know, you yeah. can choose where you want to go. If you want to go to the yeah. mainstream apps, there's 25 of them. Pick one. If you're yeah. someone with a disability who wants to build connections, there's none. So, you know, you don't have 25 apps to pick and choose from. You're looking for community. You're looking for friendship. You're looking for whatever it might be. And there is nowhere to go currently. So, mm-hmm. you know, this this has to happen. And yeah. it's just like with the regular dating apps, like n- none of them that exist ever seem to fit the bill. Because I most people, when you ask single people, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm on Tinder. I'm on Bumble. I'm on Hinge. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. on Facebook, whatever they, they do. Um, and then, you know, so I, I'm, I, I would imagine that this would just be or could be um, another community to join yep. to increase your odds. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's not like you can only, you know, you can only join one dating exactly. app and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and for a lot of people, a lot of these, a lot of the different dating apps have different um, angles that appeal to w- one demographic or the other. Bumble's a lot more sort of, uh, friendly towards um, women. It's, wom- it's because, yeah, it's, wom- it's yeah, woman owned, yeah. Right, because they're the first ones that have to message. So, you know, whereas Tinder, it's just, um, you know, it's it's sort of a, the Wild West and then plenty of fish. Well, that's, I don't even know what what's after the Wild West. I don't even, Sodom or Gomorrah. I don't know, like, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. Um, but no, but it, but so it has an appeal. So So people pick and choose which one is sort of right for them and often you're absolutely right you know, they, they'll join multiple so and i think the benefit of a platform like this is that what it could maybe do also is that it would help build confidence for somebody say with a disability that 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 might spill out to some of these other mainstream apps they might not feel so mm. self-conscious about being open and honest and when to disclose um, on say, you know, Bumble, if if they're sort of used to it on this platform. So I think that it really, it has a, a lot of potential benefits for sure. Yeah, I like that a lot. I never actually thought that the benefits of this could spill out onto other mainstream dating apps, but I think you're right. Yeah, I feel like if you were, if again, if you got over the anxiety and the hurdle of disclosing a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more vulnerability, um, that might actually help you in yeah. other dating apps. And maybe because of Nomi, even if you don't make a direct connection through Nomi, you would make a connection through Bumble that's because right. of that vulnerability. Yeah, that's right. And it, you know, it helps people learn how to sort of talk about their own disability um, yeah. on a, a platform like this. So I, I yeah, I, I, I love it. So let me ask you this. Um, how, where are you guys in the process? Because I know that, you know, this is really sort of fairly new. Um, what, have you been able to sort of look downstream and, and, and have an idea of a release schedule? Or, or are you really sort of in these early days of, of just research and development? More on the early days end of things, but we do have code now, which is very exciting. <laughs> One of my developers just showed me a part of the front end that he had developed uh, last week. So that was wonderful to see because I've only made actual, like not real uh, prototype mockups, but just kind of design of the app. So he took those designs and turned it into code. Um, so we have that now. And I am in the middle of creating a pitch for investors. We're looking mostly for independent investor money. Um, And that is much more of an involved process than I thought it would be. So that's taking a lot of time. (laughs) And yeah, so we are quite close, I would say. We're a few weeks out from having a good amount of money to start hiring people and developing this more seriously. But yeah, I would say we're kind of like just past the early no prototype uh, phase and more into the, okay, we 
know that this is an idea that will work. Uh, we know that this team is capable of making this work. And now the next step is just having money so that we can sustain ourselves while we create this. So right now, the estimated timeline is hopefully we will have our user testing done before 2023, and then we'll be able to release it to British Columbia, or at least most of British Columbia in early 2023. And then from there, we're going to release it to larger cities so that by the city, you can make connections that you can actually, where you can actually meet up with the person if you want to because that's a big issue with social apps where if it's not, if you don't have enough users in your area, you're less inclined to actually continue using the app, right. even if you would potentially find value in it. So yeah, hopefully throughout 2023, we're able to release it to all of Canada and then go global from there. So uh, if people are interested in are just contacting you, maybe they, they, they want to give their two cents uh, about uh, what they might like to see, or who knows, uh, an investor out there or somebody who's interested in joining the team, uh, where can people sort of reach out and contact you? Yeah, so first off, I'll plug the website. Um, it's nomiconnect.net. So that's N-O-M-I connect.net. And you can contact me through the contact page. You can take our survey through the contact page. It's just listed on the page. Um, otherwise, if you want to email me directly, it's christyfay at nomiconnect.net, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E-F-A-Y-E at nomiconnect.net. And I would love to just hear about your experience as a disabled or neurodivergent person, your experience on dating apps, or if you just wanted to answer those questions on the survey, that would be wonderful. I'm open to setting up a Zoom call if you'd like a more personal one-on-one uh, -on -one session. So I'm just open to any and all feedback, even if you just want to say, hey, this is a great idea because that brightens my day. I love to hear that. So yeah, that's where you can reach me. I would just encourage all our listeners, try not to make Christy cry at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all we ask. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be just so unproductive if you make me cry every day. <laughs> uh, Christy, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it's been an absolute delight. Best of luck with the app. And listen, uh, please come back and talk to us maybe a little bit uh, later this year um, and give us an update on, on how it's doing. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thanks for all coming. Right. Thank you. All right. I'll talk and, to you guys uh, later. Yeah, for sure. And we will, this will be posted up uh, next week, uh, probably next Wednesday. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll ha happy to send you a link. Feel free to do whatever you would like with it. Cool. Uh, thank you. All right. Well, best of luck, Christy. And, and thanks again. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for coming. Bye. Thank you. Good Bye. luck. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Listen, I'm waiting for Meow Mix to launch. Uh, that's... I, thought, I thought it was perfect match. Oh, is it? Per oh, perfect match. Oh, is that we rebranded re already? Okay. No, I, you're I, right. I, Meow Mix will, yeah, you're right. I, will copyright I, issues. I, I checked the domain names available. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, I was actually oh, thinking it should it'd probably be better if it was perfect partner. Perfect <laughs> partner. Uh, really? Really? No. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, that one's nope. available too. Nope. Do jokes? No. Really? <laughs> Come on, you guys. What what's going on? Liz joins the podcast and all of a sudden you guys are like, oh, Mr. Polite. I don't know where you're getting that, that was, terminology what from. What do you mean? What are you, what, talking you guys about? would have you we guys How would have dare that would have been you? a second I'm joke that you very guys told offended at this moment. Uh, are we talking about me up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay, but seriously, this Wasn't is she in the Bond movies? There You're you right. go. That's right. oh. <laughs> I knew that reference from somewhere. Yes. <laughs> or that was, I think a, that lot was a lot of vagina. A lot of vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, what was that other one? What was the one with the oh, Ivana, 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 Ivana Humpalot? 
Something, yeah, something like that. Or maybe that was a porno that I watched. I don't know. I can't keep, I keep uh, Bond movie, Bond movie names Bondage or movies, Bond pornos movies. would be a good uh, this or that uh, category for sure. Um, but no, seriously, this is a great idea. I mean, he's married. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's true. Like, you know, you, you uh, yeah. All right. Well. Oh, you know what I forgot to ask her? I forgot to ask about the, about the name. Where where the the name Nomi? Uh, oh, it was from. named after a favorite character from oh. Sense Eight, I think it was the show. Oh, stop doing your research, you guys! You guys are no fun. <laughs> Didn't we talk about this earlier today? Yes, you did. I forgot. Okay, <laughs> he forgot. I had a drink. This is what happens when you guys encourage me to drink on the podcast. I don't know. I lose track of everything. I, I blame Christy. Yeah, well, she listen. I'm it's glad to finally have a guest that uh, encourages us to drink. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, Ryan. Yes, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I don't know why I went to you. I'm not supposed to go to you. So. I know, but you guys, you've been drinking again. <laughs> I, been exactly. Drinking. This is what happens. Uh, the train's off the track again. 200 episodes with you and <laughs> just, just do it all at once just scream out all our social media just hit the cowbell and let's just get out of here uh hey liz hey rob hey where can people find us people can find us at atbanter.com hey they can also uh, drop some an email in our email that gets completely flooded every week apparently and makes to Ryan, Ryan cry and makes Ryan cry so if you would like to make Ryan cry uh you can just email cowbell at 80 <laughs> what happened which he's, he's muted completely he's derailed muted. Me. what are you muted for hello cowbell was i muted yes we're muted. Muted. oh that's do over uh, and you can reach us okay wait you can reach us at cowbell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice touch. I like at it. A, at a, I hate you. At atbanter.com. <laughs> it always screws with my thing. Whenever I, never like when Steve's doing the socials, he's not making cow noises. That's fine. Go ahead. Go, Steve. Steve, where can else, where else can people find us? Well, people can find us on Facebook and uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. We have to change the name of the podcast. That is, I I told you at the beginning of the show, I'm going to be working on a song for Liz all about uh, beaten circus bears, (laughs) Catwoman, Black is Slimming. And oh, glitter and spangles! It's I missed a, that. It's a song of lissisms. Yes, I totally missed that. Did you? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> came in goodness. in the middle of that. You were talking all about right. spanks. Yeah, he was a, just ignoring us. That's all. All right, as spanks. usual. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. excellent. I look forward to it. I look forward to Stay making tuned. the video. <laughs> oh, audio described. Audio descri- that, that, uh, oh. descriptive video works. Work on that one. Oh. <laughs> Yes. We'll get you some B-roll video. Steve, you're the creative writer. Alrighty. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> a middle-aged, a portly middle-aged man wearing spandex waves a fish at the camera. <laughs> he gets hip-checked by some weirdo with a cat. <laughs> is is Vancouver still playing in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I'm rooting for Vancouver. <laughs> Go, go sports! Go, go sports! sports. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for sports. It's my favorite. Oh my! Man. There you go. See, there you this go. Is, this is why we don't do a can. <laughs> this is why we don't do a canned cowbell. Because really, if I just edited in, 
if I just edited in the sound of a cowbell, all of that would have been missed. So yes, indeed. This is why people listen. This is why Sid, Sid Lana listens every week. AT banter live and uncensored. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, instantly high set, Svetlana. Yes. Hello, Svetlana. Hi. Hey. Um, thanks for writing. We, yeah. Thank you for uh, nobody and, else in, yep. in the no one and else on the planet the knows what no one else on the planet knows what we're talking about. But yep. uh, we do have a listener in Russia. We just do. saying, not to brag, but <laughs> we do. So suck that, Joe Rogan. Listening <laughs> to Joe Rogan in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. I think we're all hungry and let's kind go. of drunk. I haven't had anything to eat yet today. That's why this, oh, I see. this uh, white claw went right to my head. Okay, you, know, uh, you need to jump on Tinder and start swiping. Yeah, there you go. This is the time to do it. No, I, I need to. Uh, clearly, I need to get a fish. That's clearly what the. Every, what every the, guy what has the to have has a been. damn photo holding a fish. You know, if only I'd got the memo. All right. That is going to about do it for us this week. Uh, big thanks, of course, to Christy for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. This yep. podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.